wish you could see Holland right now. She looks so sketchy. <laughs> Consider this your fair warning. We talk fast, we move fast, we swear fast. So if you're listening at 2 speed, you may miss some content, but you also miss the F-bombs. You're welcome. Hi, I'm Vanessa. And I'm Holland. You're listening to Ask Your Workwife, where every week we answer your questions about how to get more out of corporate America. Hi, Workwives. This is Robin from Nashville. I just started my first ever salaried nine to five job, and today is my second day. I kind of breezed through all of my starter training yesterday and read over some stuff on my own. I also had two Zoom meetings with my boss to go over some questions I had. But other than that, I didn't do much else and was out of work by three-ish. Today I logged on and asked my boss if there's anything he needed me to look over before our meeting at 10, and he just said, nope. (laughs) So I've worked in retail and customer service my whole life, and I'm really used to working every minute of my shift except for my break. So this downtime feels really strange. Is this normal for a salaried corporate job? Thanks so much. Ooh, is this normal for a salary job? <sighs> the answer is yes. Yeah. We're going to give you a little bit more, I think, though. <laughs> but first off, welcome to Corporate America 2022. This is the year of Robin. This is the year for Robin. Right? Yeah. Ugh, I'm so excited for you. This is such a good vibe. I'm sending you all the good vibes. Yes. This mm. is fantastic. Welcome. Also, welcome to salary. Your paycheck's going to be the same from here on out. It's fantastic. This is the least you'll ever be making. Congrats. <laughs> Starting off a new job. It's fun. It's cute. You feel like you can kind of like breeze by. You can if you want. Sure. But there's a lot on the table. Oh my God. If you do this first month right, you can really take over the fucking world. The words Vanessa used earlier when we were prepping for this episode is build an empire. I, d- I did Robin. say build an empire. <laughs> yes, you, you could build an empire and I cannot stress this enough. This first month is critical. Your second day may be the last day you left at three because we got shit to do. One of the frameworks that like really helped me understand how to navigate salaried jobs or jobs where you're not living under a micromanager tyrant mm. is that you have, you have a lot of what I like to call structured, unstructured time. So it's structured in that like you got to be there. It's still kind of an hourly thing. Like you're going to be there from eight to five, you're going to be there from nine to five, whatever it is. And you've got meetings throughout your day, which are structured. By the, nature of them being Yes, scheduled, a meeting, yeah. Right? So structured, unstructured time would be like the time is structured, like the time slot is there, has a definite beginning and a definite end, but the thing in the box is not necessarily structured that way. So you can decide what you want to do within that hour, but you only have an hour to do it. What we're going to do for the rest of the episode is tell you what to do with that. What is it? Unstructured, structured time? Structured, structured, unstructured time. That one. (laughs) The second one. Great. You got this. I believe in you. (laughs) Perfect. Okay. In general, what we want to make sure you're taking care of first and foremost is keeping the main thing, the main thing, as Vanessa says. Absolutely. It's kind of like one of those put your mask on before you put the mask on others. Life jackets before you jump out of a plane. Not that any of us have ever done that, but we all know. Put yours on first. (laughs) It's a metaphor for everything. (laughs) Um, We want to make sure you're set. We want to make sure you're taking care of, you're putting your foundation in place and you're laying some key groundwork for your career. That starts with doing the little stuff. The way I think about it is like everything is hard. Your first few days of work, Uh like... 
yes, your job is hard and understanding your manager is hard and everything else we're about to tell you is hard. But so is like, where do I park? Where do I go to the bathroom? What is the coldest water fountain in the building? Like, yeah. Which bathroom has no one in it so you can kind of like do your business. Yeah. Like sidebar, never take a shit in your own building. Yes. Agreed. All of that can add to the stress of your, you know, initial days in office, but those things are easier to take care of. Like ask some people, figure it out, walk around, take a left here, take a right there and figure it out. Especially in this time where you quote unquote have nothing better to do. This is the time to set your rituals and get them really down because that will lay the foundation for you to do the really hard thinking work that's about to come up. Yeah, exactly. The next layer to add to that would be calendaring your statuses and your one-on-ones. Just get them on the calendar. Get your statuses every week, get your one-on-ones every month, get your agendas together, prepare your documents, whatever, you know, format you're going to be using for your statuses and your one-on-ones, get those ready to go. And and recognize that those those statuses and one-on-ones may be really short in the first few months because you're not reporting on a whole lot. That's fine. Schedule it for an hour, but make it only 15 minutes. Get out early. Give your manager 45 minutes back in their day. They will love you forever. You got to prepare for those meetings too. I know you've done all your prep work. I know you're coming in and you know what your next three moves are, but it's time to start communicating that to your manager and, and make sure that they know what you want. Especially while the door's still open on your interviews. You just finished interviews. You just finished negotiation. These are very fresh things and it's still on your manager's mind. So cement that. First agenda out the gate should be, these are my next three moves and this is the salary marker I want to hit in the next 60, 90 days, six months, year, whatever, whatever. Whatever it is, make sure you get it done because you've It's just like an extension of that conversation you've been having in your interviews. Nice. The last thing we'll say here is this is like my personal advice. I'm a big (laughs) journaler. I'm very emotional. I'm super not. I think I've, in a year that I dedicated to journaling every day, I think I've written on six pages. You're doing great, honey. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Um, But like, I find it very useful, especially when you're starting a new job is like have some emotional outlet for yourself and what I have found to be most effective for me. And maybe this is something you'd want to experiment with as well is just like, just make a quick Google document on your computer. Just have it open on a tab. And I call it my work journal. I just kind of like write things in there. Like, oh, like that meeting was really cool. I'm really inspired by this. Or damn, like I have so many questions about this person, but I'm like really anxious about this. And I'm scared to ask about that. And just like give it a place for your emotions to kind of have, an, have a release valve. Interesting. Okay. I experienced my first several days to weeks and sometimes even into months of a new job or a new role is like, there's like a lot of anxiety. And so mm. I just need a way to kind of like deal with that without like burden, like sure. overburdening like anybody in my life. You know what I mean? So yeah, like hanging on your manager's elbow. Like I just need like, to talk hey, about hey, this hey, thing. Hey, hey, yeah. hey. What's up? What's up? What's up? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So if that's helpful for you, Robin, like take it, run with it. Just, just make sure that you're, you're taking care of you. That's all that this is about. We want to make sure that you have what you need to be your best in this new role. Once you've really got your systems down, you know where the cool bathroom is, you know where the best soap is, you know who has the best cookies. Once once you've really put your like rituals, systems, the things you need to function at your best, your next priority is to do your job, is to really thoroughly understand it to the extent that you can also understand how to improve it. Yeah, I have seen this all over the place. What I've observed is like someone comes in, they're ready to go, they're excited, but they're, they're missing the bigger picture. Mm-hmm. What I like to do with people that I work with is like, read them in on everything that I know that might have anything to do with this project from the highest high viewpoint, 10,000 foot view all the way down into the weeds. You'd be the person I would want to find if I were a new hire. Like, uh, she knows all the shit. Yeah. Like I, I'm going to give you top to bottom and tell you what this matters to our industry, our company, our department, our team, and you, and what we're going to do about it. I want you to take that all in. And I want you to like take that action that that is requested. But what I really want as a manager is I want you to understand that so thoroughly that you can be like, Oh, Holland, what about that? 
what if we did this instead? I've worked with people who make those types of observations, pointing out flaws, like noticing things we can improve. And it just, it just blows my mind. Yes. And it's like so satisfying as someone who's either a colleague or a mentor or a manager to be like, fuck yeah, do that. Like that's going to improve efficiencies. That's going to make this process better. That's going to give this other team we work with what they really, really want. Mm -hmm. And that's part of like the benefit of being new is you get to be those fresh eyes. And if you do it well, if you're really observant and, and invested in what you're learning and listening to, you can be someone who is a delight to work with and, and changes the game. Yes. Yes. And every manager who's been stuck in a rut doing this, like the reason we do it this way and this way and not that way is because of some weird political thing that happened maybe two years ago, three years ago, and nobody gives a fuck anymore. So let's just, either they don't give a fuck or they can't see it anymore. Like mm -hmm. they're so thoroughly in it. Totally. Or thirdly, because they're too busy with like other things sure. that they're missing like opportunities. And I tell everyone I've ever worked with, like, you're here because you have something of value. We want to know about it. And that means I want you to tell me where our problems are. Yeah, exactly. Ugh, I love this. Robin, if you can prove that you are like that or you have even, it doesn't have to be, every time you open your mouth doesn't have to be a revelation. But like if you can just contribute to the whole, even in a little tiny way, you're going to one, get noticed and two, be very much worth a raise faster than anyone else who came in with you. Absolutely. If your job as a new hire is to understand the big picture, start contributing, where do you get that understanding of the big picture from? How do you figure all that out? How do you get mm. the information you need in order to make contributions? Solid question. You need to get it from everyone else in your office. And this can either go really well or it can go really shittily. And <laughs> I have seen it happen both ways. And this is why I say this first month is super critical because you, you've said this to me. You only get one shot at first impressions. I don't care how, how forgiving anyone and their mother is. There are some people that you will meet in this first month that you won't see again until end of your reviews. You won't even talk to them until you need to ask them for something. Yes. And when you do, you better hope that they like you. Yeah. And, and you can lay that foundation now and maybe touch base with them once a quarter and hope that you never have to ask them for that, right? Yeah, mm -hmm. exactly. So as you go out into the world, young one, your job is to make sure that everyone thinks your manager made the best decision. You are a reflection on them. And like there's, <laughs> there's definitely running tallies with people who've worked in the same company for a long time about who has the best hires. Oh, I know who has the best yeah, hires. Yeah, exactly, right? It's <laughs> so like, you know, like as soon as I say that, everyone who's worked in a corporation for longer than maybe two or three years knows like, oh yeah, this person hires like shit. This person hires great. So your job as you go out and meet new people is just to be amazing. And it takes next to no skill. Keep your mouth shut and your ears open, take notes and nod. That's it. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know how to help anyone who doesn't know how to do this, but like, oh, that's so interesting. Tell me more about that. That's all you have to say. I had a colleague my very first week. She's like, hey, you want to go grab lunch with me? I was like, bitch, I'm poor. First of all, I just got here. Okay. And like, second of all, like, I don't fucking know you. Did I go to lunch with her? Fuck yeah, I did. Yeah, you found some pennies in the cushion. It's fine. Oh no. Yeah. And like all of a sudden I had an in. Yeah. The nature of our conversation on the way to grab the lunch and on the way back was just like me asking her questions. Yeah. People love to talk about themselves. It doesn't take much to get them started either. You do not have to be an extrovert to do this. Go to town. Say yes to everything. Go to the lunches. Go to the coffees. Grab the donut. Grab the whatever. Someone needs to run down their car. Hey, I'll come with you. Yeah. And I, and I will tell you like... One of the things that people often overlook, especially when they're new, is the people they think are unimportant. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> so like you you kind of get this attitude that like, oh, I need to go be having lunches with the VPs or the directors or whoever, right? No, 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 no. You need to start with 
the B-listers. These are security guards, admins, mailroom ladies, cafeteria staff. The reason I call them B-listers is because it started for me with busboys, bellhops, and bouncers. <laughs> right? <laughs> okay. My favorite, my favorite example of this is actually real life example. This is me and my friend Katie. This is one of the few times we'll <laughs> use real names because she knows who she is. Me and my friend Katie were in Las Vegas. I think we were going to see Elton John and we we're just like hanging out at the Bellagio. She, she's a big comic book nerd. Okay. So she sees Stan Lee out by the pool. Oh my God. I know. Stan Lee. And so we're, we're kind of away from him, maybe a hundred yards. And we see other people try to approach him and this big old bodyguard, everything you'd expect from a bodyguard, muscles for days. Okay. <laughs> Sunglasses, earpiece, like the fucking FBI. Yeah. It was amazing. <laughs> he, he like keeps shooing people away and like no one's getting even close to Stanley. Okay. I turn to Katie. I have this look on my face that she knows as the challenge accepted face. <laughs> <laughs> And I said, do you want to meet Stan Lee? She's like, no way we're going to do this. I was like, just give me a second. So I kind of saunter over in that direction, but I stay kind of behind the, the bodyguard. And then I kind of come up to his side and he realizes I'm there. So I start chatting with him with no recognition that he's there with Stan Lee, just him as an individual. I flirted up a storm. Shut up, of Vanessa. Of oh naturally, God, right? Yeah. Like, Listen, muscles. I don't know. It's fine. <laughs> So I was like, I was like, Hey, you're like a little overdressed for the pool. Aren't you? And he's like, well, yeah. And I was like, so like, what are you doing down here? And he's like, well, I, like I'm a bodyguard. I'm like, Oh, you're a bodyguard. Like, oh my God. Oh, it was amazing. A right? little flattery goes so a long I way. I got him talking about that. And I was like, who's the coolest person you've ever like bodyguard, blah, blah, blah. I was like, wait, who are you guarding right now? Like, I don't you're see so anybody important. I love this. He's like, Oh, do you know comic books? I'm like, I mean, not really. My friend does. He's like, do you know like the Marvel stuff? And I was like, yeah. And he's like, well, that's Stan Lee. And I was like, Oh, like the guy who kind of makes the cameos. He's like, yeah, he wrote them all. And I was like, I was underplaying this. You like, are hilarious. Like playing dumb so mm-hmm. hard. Yeah. And he was like, do you want to meet him? I was like, I mean, it wouldn't be cool for me, but I know my friend Katie is a comic book nerd. So I'm sure she knows better. And he's like, oh, I'd like to introduce her to him. I was like, oh my yes. God, muscles. Yeah. <laughs> so then I like go over to Katie and she's like, what did you do? I'm like, don't ask questions. Do you want to meet Stan Lee? She's like, yeah. It's like, okay. The bodyguard goes over, introduces Katie to Stan Lee. They have a conversation for half an hour. I continue flirting with the bodyguard. We're good. We out. B-listers. Slow clap. <laughs> B-listers. Oh <my> <laughs> Do not underestimate the power of them. These people are the connective tissue that make this whole place run, run, period, run smoothly and run on time. And you're going to need these people if you ever want to fast track an approval, which I've done. Get your boss's lunch made ahead of a long line, which I've done. Get into the building after hours because you forgot a key piece of information for your presentation, which I have done. Flirted my way into that one too. So just don't underestimate them. Another crucial group of people you need to get to know as you're understanding how best to do your job and contribute the most are the teams and the people on the teams that are cross-functional to yours. So these are the people who you get information from in order to do your job and people you give information to that they depend on to do their jobs. Think about like a like a relay race team. Like who has yeah. a baton at any given moment? Mm-hmm. When I have the baton, what's the best way for me to hand it to the next person, right? Like yeah. The question I like to ask, and you really only have to ask them one question, is what can I do better to make your job easier? Ooh. That's it. Yeah. And then just be quiet, (laughs) take notes, and then execute. Whatever they tell you to do, even if it is as stupid as humanly possible, you fucking do it for the first two or three times that you have to deliver something to them, they will love you. And after you do exactly what they've asked you for, then you have the grounds to like 
maybe improve the process a little, maybe ask them for something different, maybe deliver it in a different way or just prime them for, Hey, some changes coming down the way. Like, and I know you like it in a certain way, but it's going to have to be a different way. Is that okay? And you're coming from a place of compassion, knowledge, experience and camaraderie rather than a place of like, it's different now. Get used to it. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Like this one question asked across functional teams makes your whole life better. And you come in, especially when you're new, you have the ability to do this when you're new. That's why this first month is critical. You can ask these questions and people will give you one, they might have a very specific way they like it. Two, they might not have a specific way they like it, but they will tell you everything that was wrong with the person before you. And this is how you keep your job by doing not what they did. (laughs) That's it. It's a low bar just to be better than the Mm -hmm. last person, right? All it takes is listen, take notes, deliver. Boom. Holland, we definitely need to take a break for a hot second. But when we get back, I have some tea to spill on when this first month lost someone their job. This episode of Ask Your Workwife is made possible by Up and Running Design. Whoop, whoop. Okay, Vanessa. (laughs) (laughs) Up and Running Design is where I... Make websites that move your bottom line. Your top line. All the lines. They all need to be going up. And (laughs) where you start with that isn't a website. It actually isn't. Okay, talk to me. Look, websites are great, but not every business needs one right at the start. And I think it's important that you make a web presence decision based on the needs of your business. Amen. Here, so here. come to me if you know you need a website or if you're not sure mm-hmm. and we can talk about it. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to sell you a website if you don't need a website. I, I will say like, I want your business to get to a place where you do need a website. Yeah. There does come a point in time of maturity for a business that you do need a website. If you're already there, great. Come to me. We can take you to the next level. Something that I really am intentional about with my clients is making sure that their website will suit their needs now, in two years from now, and in five years from now. We don't have to make it do all the shit it needs to do in five years, but let's make sure that we choose the right platform, the right tools, um, and set up the structure so that your website will accommodate your business's growth over time rather than having to like revisit this website presence thing over and over again. Absolutely. You did that with mine. You did it with a couple of our shared clients and it really causes the client to pause. It did this for me and say like, oh, where do I want this to be in five and 10 years? Like you yeah, don't have to have exactly. the whole business plan out, but like I am notorious for having an idea of buying a domain. <laughs> Just Holland look at her make- Google <laughs> domain cart right <laughs> now. You can make a shit ton of money off of me if I did, if you didn't ask this question of like, what do you need it to be in 10 years? And it, it forced me to think like, oh God, dude, I don't even know yet. I guess it gets to sit as a domain for a little bit longer until I'm ready to really get up and running. So if you need a website to get your business up and running, reach out at upandrunning.design. Vanessa, I need to hear the tea. It is tied into Robin's question about starting a new job and building relationships with cross-functional partners. Turns out you can fuck it up. Yeah, that's true. And what Vanessa and I have seen is that the energy or the intention you bring to these conversations, like that compassion versus that like guns blazing approach Mm -hmm. can really define not only this first month, but the rest of your relationship with these people. Absolutely. So I had a situation where I was hired the same day as another woman at our company. And what I didn't really piece together until a few weeks down the road was that we had actually interviewed for the same job at this company. They had hired her for the role that I was interviewing for and then put me in a manager and training program, which which was actually wonderful for me because I got to go around the whole building of 4,000 people and like get to know everybody and decide what department I want to be in. I was killing it. (laughs) Um, But every day I get to see her come in after she'd done some informational interviews, some cross-functional team interviews, things like that. 
and she'd tell me about him and she was venting. She was like, I, I went in, I told them this is what we're going to do. And, and, and they just resisted. And who she's talking to are VPs, senior VPs, people who have been in this industry for 10, 15, 20 years before she was even born. Right. And like, she might know the most in the building about the role that we were both kind of vying for, but like you don't walk into a room with someone in that title and pretend to be an expert in anything. I don't care what their title is. They've been here longer than you. Yeah. You know nothing when you're in their office. You're there to listen. You're there to be compassionate. You're there to help and you're there to serve. You're taking notes. (laughs) You're delivering. That's it. That's what I did. I, I was doing all the same informational interviews she was doing. I was meeting with the same people. I wasn't doing it as a function of my job right then. I was doing it to get to know them, understand them. I came in humble. I came in excited to understand what they do and what makes their department tick and what stresses are on them and and then listened and took notes. And, and within the first 30 days, I get a call from the president of the company to come out of this training program and take over a new role that he's created. And as I started to get into it, I realized the role he's defining is 75% of this other woman's role. Within the first 30 days, because she took this guns blazing approach, she had 75% of her job taken away from her and given to someone else who the company had hired on the same day. Worked out great for me. Didn't for her. Vanessa, what happened to her? She still works there. She's shoved in a corner doing kind of menial stuff. Robin, I don't want that to be you. I don't either. So yeah, like just you were, you were hired for a reason and that's Mm -hmm. a fact. They wanted you. They wanted you for this role. They're excited about you, right? You, you made it past where you're, where these other folks who applied didn't. But that doesn't mean that anything's secure. Yeah, it's not secure. You're not here to like change it first day. And even if you are, it'll be easier for you if you just give it a month. <laughs> yeah, like I, I've always been hired as a change maker and an agent of change in every role I've ever had. But I still like when you do that, you can't make change without good rapport, yeah. without goodwill, without social capital. Buy in. You have to have buy-in. Buy-in's like the name of the game. And that, so that's where like, even if people know that you're coming in to change things, you have to take it. <laughs> oh my God. What are you about to say? <laughs> uh, this is an analogy I use all the time and I'm kind of loving this on air. You have to take it like Captain Jack Sparrow in Pirates of the Caribbean, where he wades into the waters of Tortuga for days on end until the sea turtles get used to his presence. And then he uses the hair on his back that he braided together to (laughs) fashion lassos and and get off the island. That's the story he tells, right? But like you have to take that approach. You're going to wade into the water until the sea turtles get used to your presence and then you can change it. Mm -hmm. Right. That's the approach. I'm like, I'd once inspired and like also disgusted. Yeah. For different reasons. (laughs) I love it. So something we've referenced a couple of times that you can use to learn more about your job and ultimately how to improve on it is what we're calling informational interviews. We've had a couple of questions about them specifically, so we'll be answering that in detail shortly. But what you need to know right now is that cross-functional interviews and informational interviews are slightly different. What you're doing when you meet with a cross-functional team is to understand the inputs and outputs of how to do your job. An informational interview is really big strategies. You want to be meeting with the head of web to discuss how it works with planning and allocation, how they work with supply chain, how they work with forecasting, how they work with the plant. Like you need to understand how these systems all work together. That's what your informational interviews are for. You're looking at big picture things. And what this helps you do more than anything else is help you understand like some of the pressures that entire team has when you have to work with them on the daily. So while your cross-functional team members are going to be, you know, the managers, the executors, kind of these low-level people, every once in a while you're going to pop up and do an informational interview with their VP, but we'll get to that in a different episode. Yeah. For right now, Robin, we want you to focus on doing your job, keeping the main thing the main thing, and understanding how to do your job better. 
Oh, and there's another way to research uh, that doesn't require setting meetings, doesn't require meet and greets, doesn't require camaraderie, doesn't require like making sure that you've made friends with the right admins so you can get the meeting with the right VP. It requires Sherlock Holmes skills. Just a little bit of, a little bit of snooping. <laughs> I wish you could see Holland right now. She looks so sketchy. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, you got to have a little bit of sketchy skills in order to get into the right places. And and what I mean is this, there's all sorts of in-between information that exists in the digital landscape of your, of your like corporate life. Shut up. <laughs> She's laughing at me. This is why we need video. Oh my God. We're talking about Slack, right? You're like, whatever chat thing your company is using. If it's not Slack, that's a red flag. I don't know. (laughs) Where are the emojis? (laughs) Um, We're talking like the project management tool uh, that your company uses. We're talking like the change trackers that your company uses. We're talking about company documentation, learning development materials. You can get to know people. You can get to know systems. You can get to know departments in this way, in a way that like, uh, it could have outsized impact. Totally. Like this is one of the few times you can do this when you're brand new because snooping around these documents is a little bit frowned on, but like you get your hands up it's when you're like new. There, you're like, but yeah. like it's yeah. considered a little private, but not really. So you're not doing anything bad by doing this, but you definitely want to do it gently. Don't move anything. Open, read, close. <laughs> Don't edit documents. And also if somebody calls you out on it, you should just play the I'm new card. Like, oh, I, d- I was looking for something else and I just got turned around in the drive and I'm, I'm really sorry and then never do it again. So whenever you open a file, absorb all you can, right? <laughs> um, what kind of things might we find in here? So you're looking for, not that you're looking for it, but like some of the information you might come across is five-year roadmaps, is plans for the future, is the state of the company. Like I once found the original strategy deck that my VP used to propose a complete overhaul of our brand. And I was looking at it and realized like some parts hadn't been rolled out because I got there maybe a year after the rollout. And I I was like, oh, I wonder why this didn't go. And so I started like kind of poking around the drive and trying to find like I found notes on like my VP's meeting with the CMO and like a little bit about why it wasn't there, whatever, whatever. But I could tell that it was like a little bit of a passion project of his. So then I kind of took it under my wing and I started like figuring out other ways to make it happen because it's like a really it's a really cool project and I want to see it happen. So I was like, okay. So I started like kind of pulling some strings here and there. And like over the course of the next year and a half, managed to get a version of that out. And he was like, where did you get this idea? I'm like, I mean, I stole it from you. He's like, you little shit. (laughs) You're welcome. But he was also like super pleased that like we managed to get it out the door. Like it wasn't, wasn't the version he'd originally pitched, but it was close enough that like, it was cool. It was, it was like a give back program. It was awesome. Oh, yeah, it was fun. And it got killed in the first draft, but like. Made it happen in version two. Yeah. If if a CMO says no, just means not right now. Robin, you have an incredible opportunity here. There is a pretty low bar for folks that are new to a company. And there is a little bit of an expectation that you'll just skate through the first few days or weeks. But if you want to build an empire, if you want to get more out of corporate America, if you want to make more fucking money, you have the opportunity, Robin, to understand your job so thoroughly that you can do it. You can do it better. You can do it faster. You can do it for more money. And you can use this to set yourself up for success in the future. Get more out of corporate America make more money, get whatever you want. Got a question for Ask Your Workwife? Record your question and email the recording to help at askyourworkwife.com. Include your name, your city if you want, and whatever context might be useful for us to know. And don't forget to start with, hey, workwives. 
It's like so, it just like warms my heart. I really do think corporate America is so great and like it's a shit show, but it's so great. And like Robin, like welcome. It's, just, it's, like a it's wonderful. It's, it's about like people, how they describe their relationship with New York. You love it and you hate it. And only New Yorkers know. It's fine. Uh. <laughs>